When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Do you ever feel like you're settling? For your foundation, that is. Maybelline's new Instant Age Rewind Eraser Foundation doesn't settle into fine lines and wrinkles. With SPF 20 and moisturizing pro-vitamin B5, this foundation not only provides medium coverage and a natural finish, but also protects and nourishes your skin. And the best part? The blurring sponge tip applicator makes application a breeze. Say goodbye to cakey, uneven foundation and hello to a flawless, radiant complexion. Try our new foundation today and see the difference for yourself at amazon.com slash instant eraser foundation. Welcome to the Nerds Podcast number 342, also known as Stand Up Cluster number three, also informally known as Cluster Yucks. I think I'm still the only person who calls it that. This is our annual stand-up show of made entirely of comedians that you may know, but maybe don't know a lot about, or you're familiar with, but you want to learn more about, or you've never heard of before. And I was not able to attend the one last year, but we made sure that I could be in town for this one because I didn't want to miss it again. So I got to host it. So Wednesday, March 17th, we took over uh, Kumail and Emily and Jonah's show at Meltdown. They were kind enough to let us take over. And we put together, uh, I think, a fantastic sampling of comics. I feel like everyone crushed. I was super proud. It was very exciting to be there, and the show was was very special to me. You will notice that after each performer goes up, I come back out on stage and I announce their Twitter username so that uh, if you want to learn more about them or follow them or dive a little deeper, you have the option of doing so. Uh, if you want to go to Meltdown when you're in L.A. or you want to see our calendar, go to nerdmeltla.com. We do shows seven nights a week, sketch shows, movie nights, improv shows, open mic, the stand-up show, podcasts, people recording comedy albums there now. Uh, and if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at nerdmelt on the tweets. I would like to thank for sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast, Stamps.com, which is like crunching the post office into your computer, minus the rudeness. Uh, Stamps.com will let you buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter or package using your own computer or printer. And right now there's a promo code, Nerdist. Using this special offer, you're going to get a no-risk trial, $110 bonus offer, which includes a digital scale and up to $55 of free postage. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Nerdist. That is Stamps.com and enter the promo code Nerdist. I'm going to shut up now and let you enjoy the Nerdist Podcast number 342, stand-up cluster number three, Cluster Yucks. Now entering Nerdist.com. Welcome to the Nerdist. Don't step on my microphone cord. Oh, you've ruined the show already. Get up. 
It's under the chair, damn it. Oh, the momentum is all gone. All right, I'm going to come back out again. No, I won't do that. How's it going? What, what is your name? Ryan. Ryan, how come you were stepping on the cord? It just seemed like the right thing to do. All right, that's a fair answer. I can't, you know, when someone is that confident in their response, I have no answer for that. Um, this is very exciting. You, this is our third stand-up cluster. Um, every year when I started the podcast, when I started the podcast a few years ago, uh, I was bummed that when I was growing up, I just watched stand-up specials on every channel. Every channel had them. I was alive in the comedy boom of the 1980s, which to a lot of you is just an ironic period of time to reference. Uh, But I actually lived during it, um, and we didn't understand irony yet, so there was a lot of neon and and, and stuff. Uh, But... but, So when I started the podcast, I was like, oh my god, we should do a yearly show of comedians that I really think... Um, deserve to be more known or just people that you might that you might enjoy and so this is our third year uh, we have an incredible lineup tonight and I'm super super excited so thank you all for coming out tonight and uh, waiting in line it's almost like Kumail and Jonah are here anyway I'm very excited uh, I'll do a little bit of uh, time up front uh, we call this warming up the audience time this first joke is very important because it uh, sets the tone for the rest of the set, nay, the evening. Uh, So here we go. Uncle, uncle is something you shout when you want someone to stop doing something. (laughs) Unless you're being fingered by your uncle. All right, good. That's a good place for you guys to be. That's a good place for you to be. It's <laughs> good. That's where your brains need to be. Um, my, uh, I, I just performed, I performed in Nashville not that long ago. My dad lives in Memphis, so he came and, and uh, saw the show. Uh, learned a lot about my dad uh, while I was on stage. We learned a lot about each other. Uh, I told a story about how one time... I made love to a blow-up lady. Uh, I mean inflatable, not like Japanese anime, like she didn't blow up. Urotsuki uh, <laughs> Like it wasn't one of those. She was inflatable, uh, an inflatable lady where normally a human female would have organs and blood and tissue. Uh, she was filled with my hot, hot breath. Uh, and so... <laughs> It was not a big deal. Uh, it, was, it was my 19th birthday. It was a birthday present. You can fuck your birthday presents if you want to. That's what's awesome about having a birthday is you can fuck any one of your presents. If someone gives you an iPad, mini, fuck it. Uh, if it's a blow-up a blow girl, good. Even better for you. And in this case, uh, that was, that's what happened. Uh, my roommates, it was like, you know, it, it was like it's supposed to be like a joke. Most of the things that you fuck in college start out as a joke where you're like... <laughs> Would it be hilarious if I... And then, is everyone asleep? And then the fucking starts. Uh, and that's what happened in this case. Very standard issue, blow-up doll, stiff arms, you know, that, uh, that kind of perma-surprise look. That a blow-up doll basically looks like if you were driving really late at night and someone ran in front of your car <laughs> and you slammed on the brakes, but you almost hit them and they just turned and went... <gasps> But in that case, you're not like, I should put a dick in there. Uh, you shouldn't. That's a bad way to meet people. Uh, anyway, so they gave me this blow-up doll. I was 19 years old. Uh, my roommates all were asleep. I 
I crept into the, took her and it, her, trying to be politically correct here. Uh, Tick, or took it, her, into the bathroom, because I'm romantic. And uh, no lock on the door, by the way, no lock. So anytime one of my roommates could have gotten up in the middle of the night and walked in, and you can't talk, what do you say? Like, oh, this isn't mine. Like, there's nothing you can say. It's very obvious it's yours. Uh, and so the, it start, the process started, and the thing that I remember most about it was were the sounds that <laughs> it sounded... Go with me on this. It's, Im- imagine, um, imagine a clown is twisting balloon animals with a gun to his head. <laughs> there were a lot of fast squeaks and whimpering. <laughs> so we get into it, get into a rhythm of it, and then uh, what I assume was about halfway through, uh, she started to deflate. Because I'm huge. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. I, I think at the time I was just like, oh, it doesn't want to be here either. As it just slowly deflated in one final death queef. Which I think we'll all admit is a great name for a band. <laughs> just throw an umlaut in there. Uh, and then I'm just, uh, there's, I'm just covered in this puddle of plastic girl. It just, it looks like I parachuted out of a plane by my dick and then just landed. <laughs> so I tell this story on stage in Nashville and I go, uh, one time I fucked a blow-up doll and without missing a beat, my dad from the audience goes, me too! <laughs> like, that's hereditary? Why wouldn't you warn a motherfucker? Uh... <laughs> My dad is... I didn't ask him, by the way, the details of his experience. I don't know if he was like, in my day, blow-up dolls were made of Bakelite and we had to fuck them uphill both ways to school in the snow. (laughs) Are you guys ready to start the stand-up cluster? I think we're good. Are you guys ready to start the stand-up cluster? There are some... Fantastic comedians here tonight. The first one was parking her car. Is she here? She is here. Oh, fantastic. All right. Uh, I just want to make sure that I uh, get, the, get, get her intro right. Uh, she is from San Francisco. She is an hilarious comic. We adore her here at The Meltdown. Please welcome Ali Wong. Everybody keep it going for Chris. Such a fun show. I love the meltdown. Um, I just went to that restaurant, The Bazaar. Has anybody been there? It's, it's on La Cienega. It's very famous for molecular gastronomy, which is really awesome if you're into like air bread and foam cheese and ghost shrimp. <laughs> $100 to eat an echo of food. <laughs> uh, but that's the kind of place that, you know, my boyfriend likes. He likes this restaurant called Faux Show. <laughs> he swears that it's an authentic Vietnamese restaurant. I'm like, it's not authentic. I know because of the bathroom, okay? The bathroom should double as a supply closet. <laughs> I'm 30 now, and uh, I want to get married. 
I do, I do. I want to get married real bad because I am tired of taking care of myself. <laughs> I'm so tired of taking care of myself. Like, I work very hard. I fly on Southwest Airlines to save money. Southwest Airlines is basically a bus with a stewardess on it. <laughs> Meanwhile, I see these women around the country who have no job and they have a ring on their finger and they're just at Whole Foods on a Tuesday. <laughs> chillin', doing yoga, chillin'. They get to watch full episodes of Ellen, chillin'. <laughs> you know, like, I look at a woman like that, and I'm like, damn. That bitch is a genius. <laughs> she's not a housewife, she's retired. <laughs> she found a way to get her pension early, you know? It's so smart. It's such a, a like, being a housewife is such an efficient way to earn income. Like, you want to earn business school kind of money, but you don't want to go to business school? <laughs> Just trap a dude who went to business school. <laughs> go to business school. Use your pussy power to trap a dude and then drop out. <laughs> That's what I should have done, you know? I cannot wait to get married. I just, like, I, I work so hard. For what? For what? Oh, so I could pay for my own shit? I don't take any pride in paying for my own shit. That's cool when you're like 20 and you're like, fuck you, mom, about whatever I want from Forever 21. <laughs> but when you're 30 and you're still supporting yourself as a woman, everyone's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I don't want to pay for my own shit, okay? Like, I want somebody else to pay for my shit so that I can focus on redecorating and accessorizing my children. <laughs> I want to be free, you know? I want to be free to uh, get fat. That's freedom, is when you get married and you just get fat. Like, I don't want to pretend to like kale anymore. No more dieting. No more diet. When I get married, I'm going to eat whatever I want. When I say I do, what I really mean is, oh, I'm done. <laughs> Done. I'm gonna eat fried chicken skin every day from then on. That's right, and fulfill my destiny, which is to turn into a circle with eyelashes. Like Mrs. Pac Man. And I'm gonna do it with this responsible ass dude. My boyfriend, he's great. He's great. In fact, you know, I did, uh, I did The Tonight Show like two years ago, and I had gotten offered to do it um, in May, but I ended up doing it in June. I turned it down in May because it was the same day as my boyfriend's graduation from Harvard. And I was like, okay, I could do The Tonight Show and get this TV credit, or I could go to my boyfriend's graduation from Harvard and poke a hole in the condom. <laughs> is gonna guarantee the most steady income? What is gonna get me out of Crenshaw and Pico? I needed to get out of that neighborhood, okay? You understand Crenshaw and Pico is this magical corner in Los Angeles where Guadalajara meets Korea. Okay, it's also known as Trans Salvador. And I lived on the, and I, 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 I hated it. I lived on the corner of Tamale and Kimchi where the Mexicans and the Koreans were in constant racial warfare. And their weapons are loud music versus frowning. 
now I live with my beautiful boyfriend who's great. He's very into holistic healing. Uh, you know what holistic healing is? It's when you think that you could shit out a tumor by eating hippo nails. <laughs> so I gotta pretend like I'm into that shit too. So now I'm really into like deep breathing and positive thinking and stuff like that. We, you know, go on these silent meditation retreats. We pay $800 to shut up for four days in Joshua Tree when mushrooms cost $40. But I do it for him, you know? He's Asian too. But sometimes this stuff makes me feel like we are white people doing an impression of Asian people. Chinese scrolls up on the wall and neither of us know what the fuck they mean. (laughs) You know, wouldn't it be cool, wouldn't it be cool if uh, when you left in a tampon too long, it turned into a pearl? (laughs) Instead of giving you toxic shock syndrome. Toxic shock syndrome. You. I, I dated a lot of losers, a lot, a lot of losers. And I'm telling you now, if you're, if you're like in your 20s, your teens even, stop dating skaters. Stop. <laughs> stop dating skaters unless you want to wake up on a mattress in a kitchen. <laughs> no more. No more of these dudes with lots of facial hair, no job. Lots of facial hair, no job, but lots of hobbies. Lots and lots of hobbies, lots of projects on the horizon. I'm 30, now I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about your blog. I don't give a shit about your Tumblr. Talk about your benefits. That's what makes me wet, benefits. No more of this this slam poet with the STD, no more. No more of these dudes who have seven turntables and no car. No more. And those guys, like, like, I had a lot of, you know, one night stands and the last night, the last one I had before uh, I met my boyfriend was with this dude who refused to put it in the back. Outrageous. Outrageous, right? I was like, uh, you're an idiot, dude. Do you realize that if I went on Craigslist and posted tiny Asian female seeking anal, the internet would crash? <laughs> All right, I've been Ali Wong. Have a good night. Thank you. follow Ali Wong on Twitter at Ali Wong 3000. Um, that was Ali Wong. Uh, our next... Uh, hey, by the way, I took a Vine video of you. Are you cool with that? I realized that... I really had this weird thought, like, what if he's not supposed to be here? And I just... Okay, good. I just want to make sure. Good. Only in fucking Los Angeles would someone say I'm already internet famous. So thank you and fuck you at the same time. Uh... <laughs> Um, your next comic is, uh, is a buddy of mine that I first met performing in Chicago. He writes for The Onion. Uh, he's super awesome. Please welcome to the stage, Dan Telfer! All right! So, I have lived in L.A. for two months, 
And I've already had three encounters in a dark alley at midnight where I had to run like a big fucking baby from a raccoon. Get the fuck away from me! Stop it! Ah! I don't, it happened to me in Chicago. It's not, you're supposed to have coyotes or mountain lions or some shit out here. It's the same fucking thing. It's not fair! Whoever is in charge of the Guinness Book World Records like section on raccoons dropped the ball. They're out of goddamn control. They're the size of German shepherds now. And they have hands. They have opposable thumbs. They can play angry birds and shit. And like... <laughs> they, they, have, they have palates and consonants. Like, they're not... They're not cute rodents. Like, a, like, they're not like chipmunks that go like, dip, dip, dip. They go, dip. Like, they're trying to summon something to help it kill you. So, I was taking out the garbage, and I didn't even see it. One of them ran up my neighbor's fence while my back was turned, and as I turned around, it was already fucking midair with its hands out like it was going to garrote me with little fucking fish skeletons hanging off of its body like a little furry zeppelin fuck street pandas. <laughs> But way worse than raccoons are are, are possums. Yeah, ooh, indeed. Because they won't attack you, but you will die if you look at them. They're like they're like they're little furry basilisks. It's like if you take out the garbage and you that shit is coming around the corner of your building, you turn around and it's just silently like padding with these horrible black eyeballs from the edge of our galaxy just like creeping along straight out of the princess bride and here's a science fact they have more teeth in their face than any other mammal what the fuck and so they but they're like pointing in every direction because they've been smashing their face on every driveway in your cul-de-sac all day they've died a hundred fucking times since the sun rose that morning you know, bits of broken glass and like pebbles like stuck in its little tongue that's just lolling around and, and they're really dying I don't care what anybody says there's no death foam they secrete to make people think that they're for reals fucking dying and there is a raccoon waiting in the bushes that is a necromancer that brings them back to life and together they drag your body to their secret temple underneath Hollywood Forever Cemetery is what I I'm pretty sure is, is what's happening but, like, way scarier is being near the ocean. Because I love science, but that's where all the scary monsters are. <laughs> I don't know if you guys knew this. This is 100% true. But, like, you know how octopi, or octopuses if you're stupid, um, or uh, octopods if you're a pedant. Uh, no one likes you either. Um, <laughs> But, like, octopi have been for years breaking out of aquariums, right? And they'll sneak in the gift shop and fix all the Rubik's Cubes and go back. <laughs> but, like, they're now leaving the ocean to, like, rifle through our garbage on the beach and eat our sandwiches. <laughs> Holy shit. They're smarter than we are. If, scientists have, like, made puzzles on accident and given it to them, and they've given back the cure for bone cancer. <laughs> And they can flatten their brain to the size of a piece of paper, and now they're invading our territory. That's not good. Because octopi only like two things, puzzles and strangling. <laughs> and all I can think of is waking up in the middle of the night, and one of them's on top of me, and it's just like, solve this puzzle! 
solve it. Solve this fucking crossword puzzle. It's the Sunday one. You have to use ink. And it sucks being a fan of science because um, science is, is enjoyable, but it never ends in a fun way. Uh, one of my heroes died last year, Sally Ride. Um, and it came out after she died that uh, she was in the closet. She was a lesbian. And uh, she didn't want to reveal it because when she became famous, she was treated like shit. Like, she was the first female astronaut from America. And she had these press conferences were like, does your vagina breaks when you're in outer space? And she had to be like, I have a PhD in astrophysics. No, it doesn't. So she didn't want to reveal that thing about herself. She was an introvert. And that's what I loved and respected about her. But then that came out after she died, and I was just like, fuck. Fuck this world we live in. Fuck that, that there are rich people suppressing our ability to be ourselves in popular society. And because all scientists are just a bunch of cuddly introverts, nothing will ever change. I wish so badly scientists would turn the tables and we would just develop a society where if you're a wealthy person and you donate billions of dollars to eliminate gay marriage, you can no longer use anything that has been created by any gay scientist or inventor in the history of civilization. (laughs) Right? Because how great would it be if some billionaire who's been sick for a while, he's getting old, he doesn't go see his regular doctor, he has to go to the emergency room, he goes to the emergency room. And all of a sudden, the nurse is like, oh my God, this is you, I can't believe this is you, wow. Well, first of all, bad news, you have bone cancer. Um, and I know I'm not your regular doctor, and I know, but like, it's, I would say you could get radiation or chemotherapy, but I mean, <laughs> let's be honest, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the treatment, the, the therapy, is uh, something that was developed by NASA. Uh, so, like, we can't really include it in your treatment, and you're that guy. And it was developed in the period where Sally Ride was in outer space. And actually, it's funny, you know, Sally Ride, uh, she became, you know, the, the science director at NASA. She became a physics professor. So pretty much anything scientific invented after, like, 1982, you can't use anymore. Uh, we're going to go by your house and collect your bed. I don't know if that's got any foam in it, but no foam. You have to take your shoes off before you leave the hospital. Uh, you can't take a folding walker out of here. Um, I don't know if you have a water filter or, like, a smoke detector or, like, a remote control at home. That's all gone. That's all going in the garbage. Um, you're pretty much just going to crawl out of here a little pile and die somewhere sad and alone. Um, and oh, oh, and I know you're thinking, oh, I'll just hire someone to come pick me up. Money solves everything. Funny story. Uh, <laughs> bank encryption is a result of an invention of Alan Turing, who we chemically castrated for being gay. And he's, he kind of won World War II, so <laughs> whoopsie doodle. Uh, <laughs> and, and, like, and of course, it's just, you know, it's, it's weird that all of a sudden science has turned against you. You'd think we would just be on your side based on principle. It's almost like we're in some weird terrifying alternate dimension right now and I just want to apologize on behalf of the whole hospital and uh, I could just personally say I've always loved your chicken sandwiches I just think they're (laughs) they're so great (sighs) so yummy oh and your bones are hollow just like the chickens whoops um right after I moved here uh I had had the most amazing car accident in Chicago um I've been hit by cars a bunch and this thing happens when you get hit by a car uh, where time slows down because the adrenaline rush. 
uh, and amazing things happen. You go in this crazy dream world. Uh, and in really bad car accidents, you know, the, the, gra- the, the glass is like crumbling in front of you in the windshield, and the car is slowly being flattened by the tanker truck, and you and your girlfriend got to crawl out through the side door, and you start crying because you were taking this girl on a date to play pinball, and that's a shitty way to take a 17-year-old on a date. But it also happens in minor car accidents. So I was leaving my apartment building, and this cab was trying to do a three-point turn in the alley by my apartment building in Chicago, and this was right before the holidays, right? So, uh... This car zooms in, this cab, and I'm crossing. I just came out of my building. He thought the sidewalk was clear, and he starts backing out of the alley full speed, and he doesn't see me, and I only have enough time to jump straight up, which I've thought of in a million fantasies, but I'm like not too sure it's going to work. <laughs> so midair, the, the adrenaline kicks in, and my metabolism is very nerdy and Dungeons and Dragons-y, so like, it is all over my goddamn body. I'm just a live synapse, and time is completely slowed down. And I land on this cab's trunk, and just pure serendipity, my legs get kind of primly crossed like this. <laughs> About like a little tight little cross, very effeminate. And it was an accident, but when I landed with a big thud on this guy's trunk, I was unar- unharmed completely. No matter, Evie's going really fast, but as luck would have it, I primly survived <laughs> being hit at like 30 miles an hour. And so I just went into this crazy mindscape where I was just like, holy shit, like this is it. I'm invincible. And I looked down at my legs. I'm like, yeah, I'm like some, some like, you know, some piano last at some piano bar singing torch songs and shit. This is awesome. And like my gender identity went out the window. I was just like, yeah, I'm Jessica Rabbit forever. <laughs> but I had to stop because the cab somehow didn't notice me land on his trunk and he was now pulling full speed into traffic. So I, I don't know how I'm gigantic as a person goes. So I just start pounding on his trunk like boom, boom, boom. And he stops. And of course, his job sucks. So he gets out of the cab, and even though he clearly hit somebody, he's screaming at me. And I'm super scared of confrontation. I'm just trying to slink away. And as I do so, something amazing happened. I don't know why I'm this lucky, but several times in my life, homeless people have come to my rescue. I don't know what it was. I don't know why. I, I, but every time it happens, I feel like the protagonist in a Neil Gaiman novel, like the schlub, the schlub, the under people are going to rescue. And so I'm like trying to slink away. And all of a sudden this dude with a squeegee who saw the whole thing starts chasing the cab driver down. He's like, I saw that. You hit that guy. What the fuck are you doing yelling at him? You hit him. And I was like, yay, my hero. Uh, but then he said the best thing ever. Again, this happened uh, right before the holidays. So as I'm slinking away... <laughs> having just spared my own life by pounding on this guy's trunk. The homeless guy goes, Yeah, you didn't hear him back there? He wasn't trying to start no drumming band. Parumpa-pum-pum, motherfucker! (laughs) Enjoy the rest of the show, everybody. Dan Telfer. You may follow Dan Telfer on Twitter at at Dan Telfer. Now I need to know why you're internet famous. I'm I'm big on Twitter. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm like I'm like legit. I'm going to the Simpsons tomorrow for like the fourth time to like hang out with the writer. OJ Simpsons? No, no, the Good Simpsons. Oh, the Good Simpsons. What, uh, that, what? So why are you? What is your name? The I'm Adam Wilson and I'm at the Leanover and I'm ruining your show. I'm so sorry. You're not ruining it all. I don't know why your hands are up. Like I'm. Give me your wallet while we're at it. Give me your fucking wallet. I'll take your wallet and any money that you have. So when you said I'm internet famous, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm rifling through all the memes on Reddit. I'm like, is he like, 
Maybe your meme is just, it's you with the blue glasses and the red beard, and it's your face, and it just says, I'm internet famous. Like, that's your meme. You were meta-referencing your own meme. That's really cool. Well, thank you for, uh, thank you for coming down from your uh, digital palace to uh, join the rest of us. I'm kind of big on Twitter, too, it turns out. Um, yay. <laughs> Did you, let me ask you a question first realized that you had a lot of followers on Twitter, did it feel like a weird power that you sort of wanted to abuse? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I wanted to be corrupted absolutely by the power. So, like, when you, if you got bad service somewhere, were you, were you going to be like, I'm going to fucking tweet you so hard, you motherfuckers. You can get, like, free upgrades from airlines if you go on Twitter and whine about it. You can get, like, oh, my God, it's amazing. I feel like right now what we're doing is, like, a local morning news show where I'm like, here's how you can get upgrades and free things from companies. First, get a lot of Twitter followers and then whine away. Become a squeaky wheel until they jam stuff into your whining maw. What is your Twitter account again? That's a, well, good. We don't have time for it, but um, uh, but thank you. It's nice. It's nice to meet you. Um, oh my god, will you tweet about our show? I'm fucking totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. And people probably ask you that all the time. Your friends, they ask you to tweet for stuff. Um, this, uh, but seriously, want to tweet for the show? That'd be fucking awesome because you just got way fucking promoted on this show. So, quid pro quo, Clarice. Let's fucking get this shit going. Um, <laughs> uh, your next comic is uh, a guy that uh, I believe Mike Furman and I met him years ago performing uh, in Canada. He is Canadian and he's in one of my favorite uh, sketch groups called Picnic Face, which is fucking awesome. If you haven't heard of him, go on to YouTube and search Picnic Face. Uh, two people in the audience are very fond of this idea. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, I love this guy. Please welcome to the stage, Mark Little! <laughs> Um, So sorry that you haven't heard about my sketch group. (laughs) Let's just say we were canceled in Canada, so (laughs) welcome to me. I was, uh, I'm going to talk to you guys about YouTube to start, and then I'm going to tell a cab story. I don't know why I'm giving this preamble. (laughs) It's not necessary. I was, on, I was watching this video on YouTube pretty recently of Johnny Carson and Dean Martin just chatting, and they were being very funny and very handsome. And then, and then I scrolled down to read the comments, and it damn near ruined my day. Why do I ever do that? Why do I always do that? The top vote-getting comment was, Johnny Carson and Dean Martin, the days of wit and class. Give me those two over Justin Bieber and Rihanna any day. (laughs) And then 38 people liked that comment. (laughs) Not an argument. If you're going to compare things, you would better begin by staying in genre. (laughs) You can't compare two talk show host comedians from the past to anyone you dislike in the present. (laughs) Oh, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, the days of real rock and roll. Give me those bands over Tyra Banks and the woman who wrote Twilight any day. (laughs) Oh, Oh, for the days of yore. Back when bands weren't authors. (laughs) 
hate nostalgia. It turns sane people into dum-dums. I've got a good friend who works at a, a toy store. I went in. I picked up this thing called the hip-hop bracelet. And I was like, what is this? And she said, oh, it's some stupid toy kids are into nowadays. None of it's as good as what we grew up with. And I was like, well, first of all, what are you doing working at a toy store, you Grinch? Get out of here. <laughs> Secondly, what did we grow up with that was so great? And she said, nothing these days is as good as Pogs. I like this crowd because never before has that been a punchline. That's usually, that's usually the point at which I explain Pogs. I love Pogs. To this day, I've, I love Pogs because I played Pogs when I was a kid. I know that's the reason. It's because I played them when I was a kid, and I liked everything when I was a kid because it was better to be a kid. That's why I like Pogs. If you ask me to defend Pogs now, though, I'd be like, oh, Pogs? Woof. Best part about best part about Pogs? Mm, 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 mm. Mm. Probably, probably my favorite. Probably my favorite thing about Pogs is how every time I played Pogs, I was never aware of my own mortality. That's probably my favorite thing about Pogs. Just in terms of the Pogs, just in terms. I just prefer original Nintendo. You know what I mean? I just love original Nintendo. I just love how every time I played original Nintendo, I'd never been cheated on. That was so cool. <laughs> about original Nintendo? How come every time I play Nintendo Wii, I've been cheated on? Why, why would they build that into the Wii system? They didn't build that into the original Nintendo. I prefer original Nintendo. I am convinced that if people my age grew up playing with piles of our own shit, we'd be walking around today going, mm, Xbox 360's okay, but there's no shit hands. No. Mm. Mm-mm. Kids these days lack imagination. Back when we were their age, just a pile of shit, couple of hands. Oh, everyone had a good time. Except no hands Johnny, but he was the king of shitfoot. Oh, what he could do in shitfoot. Cab story, go. I am new to uh, the continent's new fourth largest city, Toronto. Sorry, Chicago. We, I'm from a smaller city in Canada. I moved to the big city. There's a lot of uh, cultures. I got uh, my first ride home from a Jamaican cab driver and had the best experience I've ever had in a cab. And I'll tell you a brief anecdote of why this is more of a character sketch. I got in, and all we did was talk about what I was going to do that night. Very boring. But he reacted to everything I was saying like it was outlandish <laughs> so, so I was like he was like where you going tonight and I was like I'm just going to a bar and he went what <laughs> a bar what you going to do at a bar <laughs> just gonna have drinks with friends drinks with friends you gonna have drinks with friends ha ha <laughs> Amazing. Best experience ever. Hard, though, to understand why he would behave in that way. So when I got home, I made a list of possible reasons. And my favorite is that he was cursed by a wizard. So that now the whole world looks like babies to him. (laughs) 
and he cannot believe what these babies are getting up to. And what's crazy is if you replay that conversation thinking he thinks he's talking to a baby, it makes perfect sense. Where you going tonight? Just going to a bar. What? A bar? What you going to do at a bar? Just going to have drinks with friends. Drinks with friends? You going to have drinks with friends? Ha ha! Baby! I can't believe I pick you up in my cab tonight, baby. Then again, the whole world is babies now. And a man gotta eat. I'll take your money, baby. Wait a minute. You sure this legal tender? I never seen the face of baby Alexander Hamilton before. God damn that wizard border guard. Why'd I sign that weird immigration agreement? I'm a Canadian citizen now, but at what cost? (laughs) Give up my right to see humans as they are. (laughs) I... I know that you're admiring my Jamaican accent. Fair. I'll give you a little peek behind the curtain. Here's how I do it. This is exactly my process. It's short, and it's to the point. I picture Sebastian the Crab, and I yell. That's all I do. That is all I do. All right, thanks very much, everyone. Mark Little! Mark Little is on Twitter, at Mark Mark Little. Uh, and also look up Picnic Face as well. Uh, We're going to keep the show moving, is something that a lot of hosts say, and I will do that as well. Your next comedian, uh, <laughs> you've seen her on uh, Conan, uh, and also, <laughs> I don't know why I said it that way. I just, I always like feeling like I like to be a gram, like a grandmother, like, you've seen her on Conan. <laughs> Um, she uh, also has an album out called Sweet Beth, so please welcome Beth Stelling! If you help me, darling. Thank you. It's good to be here. I have been traveling around the country and telling jokes and drinking beers, so I have no idea how many kids I have out there. <laughs> this is a wash. It's a wash for me. It could be so many. Um, I remember the very first podcast I did. It was in Chicago where I started. It was with two gay gentlemen. I rolled up looking a little disheveled, like I do. It's kind of my general look. I usually spend more time covering up not showering than it would take to just shower. Psst. It's a spray shampoo. So I rolled up, and, uh, and they were like, do you know that you really should like look nice when you show up? I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm making that kind of voice. But they sounded like that. So, um, And I was like, I thought it was like a podcast. Just my, you know, radio DJ. So uh, they were like, no, we're going to take a picture after, but we'll fix it in Photoshop. And I was like... <sighs> So I dressed up for you guys in this sweatshirt and pants. How do you like the pants? 
these pants, I when I first got them, uh, I sent them to the guy. I took a picture of myself in the photo, not in the photo booth, in, where you change, a changing room, and um, took a photo of myself, sent it to the guy I was dating at the time, and I was like, what do you think of these pants? He was like, meh, they're pretty cool, but not on her. <laughs> That was me. Uh, that was me. So I'll see you later. And then I just, I curtsied, sent a photo. And the photo, okay. So sometimes people will pay me to watch their children, okay? And I get a little jealous of the kids that I babysit because I too would love to pay a giant to rock me to sleep, you know? <laughs> But it is not always in the budge. So I was, I was uh, babysitting this four-year-old little girl, and she uh, looked up at me, and she goes, Are you a kid? Because you're not a mom. You know? Like, those are the only two. <laughs> you can be a kid, or you can be a mom. Um... And then if you're a mom and your kid dies, people are like, I'm so sorry. And you're like, I feel like a kid again. <laughs> I, am, uh, I am currently in a uh, long-distance relationship. Uh, so as you can imagine, I am constantly uh, looking for a new relationship. <laughs> Not really. I do fantasize a lot about strangers, so that's just... <laughs> I got it. Uh, I, love, I do love my boyfriend a lot. So much that I decided to go out uh, and get his name tattooed on my back. <laughs> now, most of you are saying, whoops-a-daisy. <laughs> and I have seen Benjamin Button. I know things end. Uh, but... A friend of mine was like, Beth, this is like the worst mistake of your life. <laughs> what if you sleep with somebody else? And I'm like, point taken. You know, if I am sleeping with somebody else uh, from behind uh, and they see that tattoo, I can just look back at them and be like, hey, this is the kind of commitment you can expect from me. <laughs> like, that'll do it, you know? <laughs> It's also not like a, it's not like hearts and balloons and things like that. It's just his signature, so. It's really more of like a lease. And that's how I like to look at it. Nobody's going to be able to see this at home, so. Just, so. Yeah, don't get too turned on. A lot of you are imagining what I look like naked now. I understand. Just close your eyes if you couldn't see back there and picture my face on like a nude painting from the 1630s, okay? <laughs> so that's, that's a lot of buttermilk skin and curves, a lot of grapes. You get a lot of grapes. <laughs> oh, man. So sometimes I don't always know how I appear to the outside world, um, and usually a stranger will tell me. And um, so I was, <laughs> I was walking to my local grocery store to get some cereal, um, some O's by Quaker, and uh, I went in there just looking like a normal gal, and then the checkout guy, um, checking me out, just sliding my items, <laughs> looks at me, and out of nowhere he just goes, you play ball? 
left in silence you know what I mean that's like saying to a complete stranger let alone a woman you're big you use that <laughs> recreationally because you should you're a huge woman you should play sports I see that you have very large hands I'm not gonna give you a bag get out of here Smacked me right on the butt. <laughs> like, like they do in sports. Uh, I don't play ball, okay? <laughs> I did play field hockey in high school and college, which is where I got these party thighs. <laughs> so, uh, my dad used to call me uh, the Shaquille O'Neal of field hockey. Ugh. <laughs> uh, He's the Tanya Harding of dads. So that's... Uh, my mom is here this evening. Best mom on the planet. My mom is the greatest. We've been, I've been taking her everywhere all over LA. I took her to Hollywood just to make myself look good. Uh, she was like, you are doing so well, you know? Everyone's just, like, freaking out. We did get asked for some change, and I had to, you know, just show my mom how it goes, and we said, no, you know? And, uh, and then as we were walking away, the homeless lady goes to me, she goes, hey, you know who you remind me of? And I was like, Gina from Martin? And she goes, damn! <laughs> My mom is white. Um, I'm somehow half black. I don't understand, but I love it. So uh, I did take my mom all kinds of places, hiking. She's wonderful. Uh, I took her to the Getty. Wouldn't stop looking at all the penises, okay? That's all there is to look at. I'm kidding. My mom's very uncomfortable with anything sexual. Uh, I think it's because she's a virgin. Just kidding, Mom. Uh, she, she is... She's an elementary school music teacher, such a good woman, and we grew up singing songs together. What's your favorite ice cream? Mine is... Wait. What's your favorite ice cream? Mine is chocolate. Then again, you like to try them all. Peach, banana, cherry, macaroon, and... Prune. Beth Stelling is at Beth Stelling on Twitter. Hello, Mrs. Stelling. I'm sorry for the inflatable lady story earlier. <laughs> but you could totally fuck my dad. All right. Um. <laughs> All right, here we go. I looked you up, Adam Wilson, at The Lean Over on Twitter. Uh, 91,276 tweets. Motherfucker, you for real? Uh, followers, 11,262. 
following 5,344 people. How do you keep up with that stream? That's ridiculous. Uh, let's uh, go for a, check out a sample tweet of the leanover. This is just a trailer of what you can expect if you find yourself in the stream of 91,276 tweets. Uh, a lot of them are at replies to people, which means you're very attentive to your followers. That's good. Here's one that was just for the general public. L.A. has a lot of these willowy young pseudo-goths everywhere. Just an observation. <laughs> you cut right to the chase, my friend, and you don't care who you go after. <laughs> at the lean over. Thank you for being here and sitting in the front row. Um... Your next performer is uh, also uh, a guy that I saw. I think I might have seen him here for the first time and uh, fell in love with his comedy. Uh, he has half-hour comedy special, uh, Comedy Central, and also uh, writes for Black Dynamite. Please welcome Maranzio Vance. <laughs> going to get disappointed. Stop. <laughs> One more time for Chris, y'all. Give it up for Chris. Jacket. Everybody good? I like them. Um, you like my jacket? Yeah. Sure. Nice. <laughs> Members only. Cool. <laughs> you have one too? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean now? Are we friends? Like... <laughs> Don't talk to me no more. Uh, <laughs> nah, I'm, it's cool. But seriously, don't talk to me. Um, I was in a good mood up at, uh, Monday. <laughs> until I had to go next door and talk to my neighbors because they didn't pay their internet bill. I'm going to check my email if y'all don't have y'all internet on. <laughs> I play a lot of Call of Duty. Um, I have given my life to COD. <laughs> I was playing the other night. Uh, you know, you had your headset on and you can listen to people talk or whatever. And I was playing the other night. And this guy had a Middle Eastern dialect. And I wasn't being racist or nothing like that, but... We started playing in Pakistan, and I felt like that was where he was from. <laughs> so I kind of bagged out the lobby because he had an upper hand on me because that's where he's from. You know, that <laughs> Like, that's your neighborhood, bitch. Stop cheating. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> I was betrayed the other day by a man. Uh, <laughs> let me explain when I say that. Uh... Man law. That's what men do. If I see a girl, I look at a girl. And I'll look to see if another guy saw what I was looking at. And then we'll share a man moment like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's a man moment. Every man has that moment. And uh, I had that moment the other day. I was in Chipotle getting authentic Mexican food. <laughs> and as I'm in the line... I'm walking through the line. Yeah, I don't want that. I don't want this. I don't want that. I don't want that. <laughs> I get to the checkout counter. It's a guy standing there, emotionless, complete poker face. I don't know what he's thinking, what he likes, or nothing. And I'm thinking, you know, what's going on? Are we going to have a moment? You know, whatever. And then the door opens up. The bell rings. Let someone knows that people came in. And he looks at the door, and he looks at me like, you need to look at what I'm looking at. And I'm like, my man. 
and it wasn't a woman, it was a man. I was like, where? He like, mm-hmm. I was like, no. <laughs> no, bitch, you tricked me. I was, you made me an involuntary participant in your gay man's threesome. I did not want to be a part of that. <laughs> now nah, I can't never trust another man's eyes. <laughs> Probably should get internet uh, because it's a necessity. My uh, cousin sent me a Facebook request the other day, and I denied it because he's in jail. But I didn't deny him because he was in jail. I was mad because he had internet, and I don't. I'm like part of the reason why I can't afford internet because I kind of pay for yours indirectly, bitch. So. And just my luck, I'll get caught stealing internet and end up in jail with him. He'd be like, yo, what are you in here for? I'm like, I'm in here stealing what the fuck you get for free. And he'd be like, did you get my friend request? What the fuck does it matter? I'm here with you now. Let's just... (laughs) So fucked up. My other internet provider is uh, Starbucks. which is conveniently located across the street from my house. I live in North Hollywood, so I had to cut through the train station to get to the uh, Starbucks or whatever. So as I'm cutting through, this guy stops me. He says to me, hey, man, do you have 50 cents for the payphone? I was like, I'll give you a dollar if you can show me a payphone. What year is this? Where the fuck is your cell phone? He was like, oh, I'm, uh, my battery's dead. I was like, you know a number without your phone telling you who you calling? He was like, yeah. I was like, shit, I'll give you $2 because I can't do that. Like, I went to jail last year and the police told me I could make a phone call. The only number I had memorized was the Papa John's by my house. <laughs> And I didn't bother to call them because I knew they wouldn't come pick me up. (laughs) Because I don't tip. (laughs) My other internet provider is the mall. I'll go sit in the food court area. And the other day I was in a river on Riverside. It's a mall, Fashion Square. I think that's the name of it. But I'm in the mall. And I'm trying to get on the line, you know, but the mall's internet wouldn't let me get on for some reason. So I had to use the next option available. And for some reason, people, you know, people label the internet, whatever they want to label it. And the next option was, uh, I want your eight-inch cock. And I had to ask myself, how bad do I want to get online? <laughs> because I didn't want the eight inches. I just wanted everything they provided. But... <laughs> <laughs> so fucked up. But I checked my email. I did. I went through it. I was in a texting ship two months ago. A texting ship is where you date somebody through texting. <laughs> you don't know what they sound like, you just know they can't spell. <laughs> it was weird at first because I texted a girl, I was like, hey, we should go out. She was like, what makes you think you're qualified to take me out? And I, would, I text back. I think I have a lot of potential, but I couldn't spell potential. So I had to ask myself, do I have it if I can't spell it? <laughs> so what I did, we went back and forth texting. And um, 
got kind of weird because she, I, you know, she texted me one morning, what would you like for breakfast? And I was like, pancakes, eggs, turkey sausage, orange juice. Sent the message. 30 minutes go by. I don't hear anything from her. Finally, she sends me a picture of what she had cooked. And they said, this is what you would have if you were here with me. And I was like, well, bitch, I'm not there with you. Like, <laughs> I'm still fucking hungry, so what am I doing? <laughs> so I put the phone down and went to go fix me something to eat for real. And then I came back and there was another text message saying, you're very unappreciative. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> she was like, I cooked for you and you didn't say thank you. I was like, I didn't eat this shit. Like... And I didn't want to tell her that two other people had already sent me pictures earlier and I was full. So... <laughs> I told her I'd save it and eat it later or whatever. <laughs> I should have got out of the relationship then, but me trying to conquer crazy. So I'm 36 years old and I don't have the energy to really uh, be romantic anymore. I just get straight to the point. Do you like me? All right, let's do something. And um, she texts me at work one day. She's like, what are you doing? And I reply back, nothing. She was like, what would you like to be doing? And I was just being basic. I was like, you. She was like, you need to be more specific. I was like, fucking you. And she was like, you can't say it like that. You had to get me in the mood. What would you do to get me in the mood? I was like, look, there are a lot of things I would like to do to you I can't spell. So <laughs> do you want to do this or not? And she was like, just entertain me, talk to me for a little bit. So we went back and forth text. And finally, I became the pig male I could be. I was like, why don't you send me a picture? And she's like, of what? I said, surprise me. And she sent me a picture of her face. I was like, uh, I've seen that shit before. Uh, <laughs> What else you got? And she was like, what else would you like? I'm like, I want something more south of the border, and I don't mean a picture of Mexico. And uh, finally she sent me a picture of a pussy, and I was like, congratulations, that's what I wanted. 35 texts ago. And then she was like, now your turn. I was like, whoa, I didn't sign up for this portion of the show. And she was like, if you don't send me a picture of your dick, I'm never sending you another picture of me ever again. I had to ask myself, do I really care? But I was like, I might want something nice to look at while I'm at work. So I was like, hold on, let me see what I can do. But I wasn't about to get up out my desk and go to the bathroom and take a picture of my dick. That's politician shit, right? So what I did do is uh, I went online to see if I could find a dick that looked like mine. And in the midst of me searching for dicks, as bad as that sounds, one of my coworkers walked in on me like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, it ain't what you think. This dick ain't for me. It's for somebody else. And All right, that's my time, y'all. Thank y'all very much. Maranzio Vance! Who, conveniently on Twitter, is at Maranzio Vance. Um, your next performer writes for W. Kamau Bell's show, Totally Bias. Uh, oh, did someone gasp? <gasps> A television writer among our midst? Uh, well, she's fantastic. Uh, and you, you will be gasping for air. <laughs> Don't bother. I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Aparna Nancharla! Hi. 
I just got back from Burning Man. <laughs> Boy, are my arm spiders. <laughs> so I'm sure you guys get this all the time, but hello. How are you? How are you doing? Good. I, uh... I was walking on the street earlier. We're not that different, you and I. <laughs> Relate. But uh, I, I was walking, and a black guy with a mohawk was coming down the street this way, complimented a white guy with a mohawk going the other way. Yeah. So I made a wish. <laughs> I was like, I know how miracles work. I've been around. Another time I was walking, because I'm going places, and I saw a fresh pile of dog poop with a used condom on top of it. Right reaction, that was a test. At which point I invented a new game called Too Much Information? Or not enough. <laughs> there are no winners in that game, you're right. You just start an Instagram account and you keep it moving. I am a woman. Sometimes I like to save it for the end of my set, but I'm feeling pretty good tonight. But sometimes as a lady, when you're walking by yourself alone at night, it automatically feels like the beginning of a Law & Order SVU episode. <laughs> Pretty special. But I realized I could take some of the power back if I was like, who would be the celebrity guest star in my episode? <laughs> like, would it be someone with nothing to prove? Like a Meryl Streep? Or like more of a heartwarming comeback? Like an Alf? <laughs> It's like a no-nonsense DA who's new in town. <laughs> Regardless, it's just like a fun way to distract myself from the paralyzing fear. <laughs> Perhaps being another statistic. So. It's a fun one. I miss the holidays. I miss the holiday season. I feel like anything is possible at that time of year. I was at a laundromat this past December. Clean living. Can't stress that enough. Yeah, and I was watching a guy take out his laundry. A little bit about him. He was just like an older-looking gentleman, leather jacket, dark sunglasses indoors, no judgment. And he was Eastern European. That'll come into play. And all he took out of the machine was a single, soggy teddy bear. Yeah, at which point the entire universe reacted much like you. And we all asked the question, just one teddy bear, sir? And then time resumed, and he pulled out six more teddy bears. That was it. That was all he was bringing to the table. Like, not a pair of socks or a sweatshirt to be like, hey, I'm just like you. Nope, just a week's worth of teddies. <laughs> and then he saw me looking at him, and he did this kind of visible eye shuffle, and he was just like, ah, for Christmas. <laughs> what? <laughs> that doesn't explain what you're doing 
at all. It perhaps raises more questions. Like, did he mean he was donating them? Did he mean, please look away in the spirit of the season? Either way, it's not going to hold up in court. And then I kept looking at him, because Homeland Security. He did put the bears in the dryer. He wasn't a total monster. If you guys think there's nothing cuter than a single teddy bear at rest, try checking out several teddy bears in motion. Specifically, the choreography of Tumble Dry Low. Exquisite. You haven't lived. And I didn't just watch the guy. He just went outside, was yelling into his cell phone in Russian. And I don't speak Russian, but I knew. He was saying, I'll get you the bears. Keep your pants on. Bring me the money. Your need is insatiable. Because <laughs> that's the kind of world I want to live in. Where dreams come true. I am, a, I am a pretty awkward person. You guys are good at reading people. Uh, I consider myself the textbook example of that person who thinks someone's waving at them, so they wave back. Uh-oh, turns out it wasn't for me. Why was I born? You know? <laughs> you know that feeling? <laughs> Usually whenever that happens now, I'll just go, I guess this was goodbye then. <laughs> You're lost. <laughs> I'll never let go, Jack. <laughs> That movie was re-released globally, so does the current reference. <laughs> In case you're keeping track. I, uh, I'm not comfortable saying this, but I'll just go ahead and put it out there. I do have some white friends. <laughs> I know. But sometimes when one of my Caucasian friends apologizes to me, I'll assume it's for imperialism on some level. <laughs> I know, totally my issue. But it does lead to some weird situations. Like recently, one of these so-called friends returned a DVD to me late. She was like, hey, Aparna, here's your copy of Hotel for Dogs. Sorry about the delay. And then I was just like, and? She was like, I'm pretty sure it's just the DVD. And I was like, no, remember your people. My people. And she was like, this again. And I was like, history's wounds never heal. She was like, we're at a yogurt land. And I was like, it used to be my yogurt land. And she was like, that's the wrong kind of Indian. And I was like, that's racist. That's how you get out of that one. I do consider myself a good person, though. Like, if someone sneezes once in public, I'll go ahead and I'll give them the gazintite or the go with Jesus or the be your best Buddha. You know, whatever I believe in that day. But if someone sneezes three or more times, it's like, get your life together. What are you doing? Like, get on WebMD, get some answers. Just carry your weight in society. 
I'll leave you guys with this. I, uh, I really sometimes I come up here and I come off a little bit innocent. And some of you are like, boy, she sure has a lot to say considering what she looks like. <laughs> That's fine. You know, I own a mirror. But uh, <laughs> I just want to assure you, I've experienced my share of real life. Like I've had orange juice after brushing my teeth. I get it. I get what you're going through. <laughs> this is how I earned my true grit card. I was hanging out in an alley. Something I do for fun. Uh, I saw a trash can thrown out in a garbage bag. Sure, I'll repeat that. Trash can thrown out in a garbage bag. And I was just like, oh, the student has become the master. <laughs> Pretty gritty stuff. All right, thank you guys so much. Here's the show. Opponent on Charla, who, yes, is on Twitter, uh, at Apar Napkin uh, is her, is her name. Your next performer it was, uh, was named by Rolling Stone of uh, one of the next comedians who should be big, which I think there is a, I don't think they mean that negatively, like he should be big, but he's not. I think it's like he should be big, he's going to be big, and he's right here on the stage. Please welcome Mr. Ryan Singer. Well, what time for Chris for putting the show together for us? Uh, taking over. Hi, uh, my name is Ryan. I hope to connect with you people. I have gay dreams. <laughs> I'm not talking about dreams that are silly or ridiculous. I'm talking about dreams which just me, a dude, alone, doing some really gay shit, <laughs> like shopping for candles or something. <laughs> Clearly, I'm a gay man. That dream makes some people uncomfortable. Maybe they're not secure in their own sexuality. Maybe they are from the past. I don't know. They're like, well, Ryan, if, if you're dreaming you're gay, that means you're going to be gay in real life. If you're dreaming you're gay, that means you're going to be gay in real life. Well, let's examine that logic for just a second, shall we? You're saying because I've dreamt something, it's going to happen in real life. Now, if that is true, then being gay doesn't even make my list of concerns. Because <laughs> I've had some crazy-ass dreams, boy. They're called nightmares. I had a dream one time I was at a pool party with Satan and Santa Claus. <laughs> we were playing poker and looking at naked pictures of donkeys. Well, I guess they'd just be pictures of donkeys, but you understand. <laughs> it's a weird dream I don't want to happen. I had another dream once where I was this huge 500-pound frog that liked to hop around town trying to eat people's babies. It really creeped the shit out of me. So as you can imagine, having a dick in my mouth is the least of my concerns. <laughs> I'll be able to fly someday. That's a pretty cool trade-off, though, you know? I like women when I'm awake in my waking life. Uh, when I'm not busy giving REM jobs, you know? That's the best pun I've ever come up with. If you didn't like it, I'm sorry. You're left behind. I'm 36, too, like Maranzi. I'm halfway done living. I made it halfway. Woo, baby boy. They say a man's attracted to a woman who reminds him of his mother. I don't know if that is true. My mother is a naughty, naughty girl. <laughs> I'm like, free boy, give me some free girls. <laughs> 36, I'm lucky enough to have been uh, heartbroken a few times. Hopefully you're in the same boat. Makes you a well-rounded individual. I don't know if you've ever been so heartbroken you considered kidnapping someone before. Uh, <laughs> 
That's what happened to me last summer. That's a new level of heartbreak, boy. Uh, my ex-girlfriend came to visit me from the East Coast out here on the West Coast, and she doesn't know anybody out here except me. And uh, after a long, fun weekend, I'm dropping her off at the airport, and we're getting closer and closer to the exit. And I didn't want the weekend to end. You know, I was holding on. And I looked over at her and actually had this thought go through my brain. I could just keep her. <laughs> But here's the fucked up part. My next thought wasn't, whoa, that's weird. My next thought was, she'll grow to love us. <laughs> Who the fuck is us, man? <laughs> so heartbroken you're a Disney villain. Get in the castle and never cut your hair. <laughs> on second thought, maybe a practical ranch home and a buzz cut would look good on you. <laughs> ready to have a baby? I'm all ready to have a baby. Ooh, yeah. My biological clock is tick-tock, you don't stop. I didn't know dudes had a biological clock. I am ready to put a baby in somebody. <laughs> Not physically already. I mean, I, I, I just moved into this shitty apartment. I moved into a room where a dude moved out hastily. Uh, I didn't ask a lot of questions because it was a good deal. He left some things behind in the room. One of the things he left behind really disturbed me. He left behind a pack of unlubricated condoms. What kind of man? <laughs> What kind of person? What happened in that room before I lived there? I would rather move into a room where someone was murdered if given the opportunity to. Follow me. We have two rooms available. In this first room, Jonathan Pendleton had his skin ripped off of his skeleton by the hounds of hell. And his torturous screams haunt the room every night. And in this other room, a man had sex with his girlfriend. With unlubricated condoms and hair screens. Say no more, goodly night watchman. I've made my decision, please. I will take the Hounds of Hell room. So I'm certain those screams will be less torturous. <laughs> Need to grow up a little bit, you know. We all got beta fish in our brain, you know, like personality traits that shouldn't exist together. My mom is a good example. My mom uh, performs Reiki on her golden retriever. Uh, if you don't know what Reiki is, it's the channeling of healing energy through your hands. She performs Reiki on her golden retriever half an hour every day she gets home from work on the kitchen floor. She's kept this dog alive for three years past when the vet said it should have been long dead. It's amazing and beautiful. But here's where the beta fish come in because while she's doing Reiki... She's got Fox News on her TV. <laughs> How are you the same person? How can you see what color my aura is, but have never seen Obama's birth certificate? <laughs> Some things don't go together. That's like an immature intellectual, you know. Listen to me! Salinger changed the landscape of American literature! <laughs> Listen to me! Neil deGrasse Tyson has some important stuff he's saying about the future of the human race! This fall, a new web series from Ryan Singer no one will watch. Neil deGrasse High. <laughs> we get astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson really stoned and have him teach space to high school kids. <sighs> No, it's a wormhole. It's a worm. No, there's no worm. It's a. W it doesn't antimatter. <laughs> I'm gonna try to make that one actually. I think maybe we'll crowdsource it. Maybe we'll crowdsource it. My dad's the same way. My dad has uh, beta fish in his brain. That's why I do. I'm a hypocrite in everything I say or do. I can admit that. I'm a cliche in every way. Um, sadly. Uh, my dad is a common police court judge in the state of Ohio where I grew up. 
which means there's murder trials in his courtroom, uh, potentially. Ohio still has capital punishment, which means my dad can sentence someone to death if they're found guilty of murder in his courtroom, which is a crazy power for a person to have, I think. Um, he's a Republican, which is fine. I don't care about that. He's a Christian, which is fine. I don't care about that either. But what that combination means is that he's against abortion but for capital punishment. And my simple brain locks up when I try to figure this one out. <laughs> to me, that's like saying I'm totally against the consumption of cookie dough, but I believe it's perfectly okay to eat cookies. <laughs> You'd have all the same political arguments. You know, you'd have the liberal left. Oh, everybody knows cookie dough is not a cookie until it pops out of the oven. <laughs> Unless you can stick a fork in and out of a cookie cleanly. It's not a cookie. <laughs> you'd have the middle of the road. We believe in partially cooked consumption. Because our chefs have proven that after four minutes in the oven, cookie dough gets a brown bottom. <laughs> and everyone knows the signifying trait of a cookie is a brown bottom. <laughs> You'd have the conservative right. Did you know that at its inception, cookie dough has completely formed chocolate chips? <laughs> Listen, as a man, I don't believe I'm entitled to an opinion on this matter. Because I know the kitchen is a woman's place. Two <laughs> babies you cook. You guys have been a thrill. My name's Ryan Singer. Thanks. Ryan Singer! You may find Ryan on Twitter at Rye Sing, R Y S I N G. Uh, you guys, your final comic of the cluster. You guys, uh, you, you've really hung in there. Great job, you guys. Um, although I would credit the comics a lot as well. Uh, are you taking a picture? What's happening? What is this all about? What is that about? Oh, you didn't take any of my grain. Your battery died. My dick broke your camera. What's the matter? My dick too big for your camera? My dick didn't break your camera. All right, here. Go with Nashville. It's the best filter on Hipsomatic. Um... Your final comic of the evening uh, is yet another guy that I absolutely love. Um, he, uh, I, I've been watching him for the last few years. Uh, he was great when I first started seeing him, and he's gotten even better. He's a, he's a Portland fellow, but I believe he lives down here in Los Angeles now. Uh, he's also on the Nerdist TV show doing stand-up. Please welcome to the stage, Ron Funches! <laughs> Chris Hardwick, everybody. What a fun show. I love it. I love how you look, first off. No one else can see, but it's just for me. I love it. <laughs> Very happy. I turned 30 years old last week. you. I love it. I feel 30. 
I found myself wishing that Applebee's had a Pandora station. (laughs) Just so I could have some potato skin music. (laughs) That's how I'm feeling right now. Feeling like I'm just going to love the things I love until I die. Like ignorant rap music. I love it. (laughs) Just weed and titty music. (laughs) If you can rhyme titties with titties, (laughs) I want to hear your song. difficult to get your friends into hip-hop who don't already enjoy it because rappers make weird first impressions <laughs> one of my favoritest of songs starts off with the line and I probably fucked your bitch <laughs> that's a horrible way to introduce yourself to me I guess I'll put this cheese plate back in the fridge. (laughs) As this dinner party has taken a turn. (laughs) My favorite part about that line is it starts off with and. (laughs) Which means he has something much more salacious to say. (laughs) And they removed it from the song. (laughs) Probably something crazy. Hey, DJ. I think it's about time they knew. I'm the one who started global warming. (laughs) And possibly, I may have fucked your bitch. (laughs) But let's just deal with one problem at a time. Someone sneak a dying child in there? (laughs) If so, you're a great person. been a great year for me. I've accomplished a lot of goals. I completed my marriage. That's wonderful. (laughs) Thank you. Gained a lot from my marriage ending. I get to be creepy to other women again. (laughs) I had a very good non-threatening run going of being a great listener cuddly, adorable, like a teddy bear. 
And everybody loves the teddy bear. <laughs> Nobody likes a teddy bear with a raging boner. <laughs> Visualize it. <laughs> Did you guys visualize it? <laughs> what type of bear was I? <laughs> if you don't say panda, you don't know me. I do live here in L.A. now. I love it. I have a place I really enjoy. It has a couple of quirks. The main one being, if I look outside my bedroom window into the apartment complex next door at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I'll see a naked Hispanic child <laughs> dancing his heart out <laughs> to today's pop hits. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> and I'm disgusted that I can only watch him for five minutes without feeling like a pervert. Because I could watch that cinnamon angel all day. It's delightful. <laughs> Especially when there's so many horrible things in the world. Saw a horrible thing recently. Saw a gentleman on a bus with a tattoo on his neck that just read, Fuck Linda. <laughs> That guy hates Linda. <laughs> or he has to remind himself <laughs> to be intimate with Linda. Either way, Linda could do better. She's a nice lady. Oh, hello, Mr. Whiteface. I mean you no harm. So please don't come at me. That's a conversation I had with a kitty cat several days ago. <laughs> It's also now the slogan for Black History Month. <laughs> I have a cousin that's very sensitive about racism. 
He called me one day because he was quite upset that he went to a tuba recital where he was one of only three black tuba players. <laughs> and he thought that was racist. <laughs> and I wanted to agree, but then I thought about it. Three black tuba players is a lot of fucking black tuba players. <laughs> If you see more than five black tuba players, you're watching an outcast video. <laughs> but I too can be sensitive. One day I was running across the street because Slurpees were on sale. <laughs> for what I thought was a limited time. <laughs> and I got stuck in the median, and this car drives by me, and the guy yells out his window, use the crosswalk, N-word. I know, girl. <laughs> Pretty racist. But I also thought about that situation. And I realized since he was in a car, I probably just didn't hear that whole conversation. <laughs> and what he was trying to say was, use the crosswalk, nigga. I'm worried about your safety. <laughs> which is something I've been known to yell at my son. <laughs> I bought my son a cat recently. You might know him as Mr. Whiteface. <laughs> Got one from the Humane Society, which may have been a mistake. <laughs> Most of their cats are defective. <laughs> Found that out because when I went to buy one, they said, you can get this cat, but we're 99% sure he's deaf. Or he's just a cat. <laughs> found out horrible news while I was there because they forced you to read brochures. Did you know that 40% of all American cats are obese? <laughs> I don't know why you would chuckle at that. <laughs> it's an epidemic. Perhaps I should repeat it so you understand the gravity of this situation. <laughs> 40% of all American cats are obese. 
which is only great news if you love fat pussy. Here's Skittles. <laughs> Thank you for your time. Ron Funches! Who is at Ron Funches on Twitter? A huge hand for everyone you saw tonight. Ali Wong, Dan Telfer, Mark Little, Beth Stelling, Maranzio Vance, Aparna Nancharla, Ryan Singer, Ron Funches. I am Chris Hardwick. Thank you so much for joining us tonight at Nerd Melt for the third annual stand-up cluster. And Doug Benson, what? What are you doing here, Doug Benson? I could have just made that up. President William Howard Taft. All right, enjoy your burrito, everyone. Say good night. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by Stamps.com. Go to Stamps.com, click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Nerdist for a $110 bonus offer, including a digital scale and $55 of free postage. That's Stamps.com. Enter the promo code NERDIST. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart, or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.